Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. And welcome to this episode of Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell with Libel Sternbach, Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. How are you, Libel? Hey, how are you? How are you doing today? Unbelievable. I'm so glad that uh, we're, you know, each day that we go, Libel, we're one more day closer to spring. So I'm really, <laughs> I'm really <laughs> excited about that. My goodness. Just have to be honest with you. Yeah, it's been uh, quite a cold spell the last few days. It really has. So, you know, we've got a little respite right now, but I, I'm really, you know, in, in that uh, we're indoors a lot more. Maybe this is a time for us to work on budgeting. You know, and I've often heard you talk about finances and you say things like you're running a business or you're your own CFO. And I'm, I'm trying to relate that to, to budgeting and my own personal finances and those of our listeners this morning. What do you mean by that libel? Yeah, this is especially true in retirement. And as we get closer to retirement, they, we need to really think about our our household and our expenses and the way we run our lives as a business. You've got money coming in and you've got money going out um, and you want it to be a net positive at the end, right? So that um, when you think about a business, right? A business has revenue and it has income. It generates money somehow. And then it has, you know, the costs associated with generating that revenue. It has rent, it has utilities, it has wages, it has, you know, food expenses, all those costs, taxes that are related to the expenditure of servicing and generating that income. Um, and when we talk about our finances, we need to think about it in terms of a business. We've got income coming in and during our working years, that's our wages. Those are our side hustles. Those are the interest and in, uh, in returns on the investments that we make. And those investments may be money. They may be time. They may be um, the effort that we put into building our career so that we can earn a greater salary. But we have those plus sides of our balance sheet. And then we have the negative side, the, um, those, those debits on our balance sheet that say, you know, what are the costs of doing this? Whether it's a mortgage or it's rent or it's insurance or it's food, uh, education, all of those things need to balance out. And at the end of the day, when you look at your balance sheet, you need it to be, you want it to be 
uh, cash flow positive, right? That's the point of business is to be in profit. And you want that for your life. You need to think and get into the mindset of I am running a business, whether it is my daily life or it is, you know, the thing that I do to sell and generate revenue for my company and my employees, you are a business. And the more that we get into retirement and the less that our employer and our wages and life has kind of laid out for us what the structure is, the more we need to take that responsibility and really uh, make sure to balance that budget and make sure that we look for ways of increasing our revenue and decreasing our expenses. Because the more we can control that, the better we'll be off and the longer and healthier our retirement will be in our life. Um, So that's, you know, when, when we talk about, yep. I was just saying that we're talking with Amazon's best-selling author, Libel Sternbach, the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. And I I'm, I'm just want to make sure I'm processing this correctly, Libel. Are you saying in a nutshell, and if this is the wrong nutshell, let me know, that our income less our expenses and that we want it to be greater than zero? Is that where we're going? Ideally, you want it to be greater than zero, right? That would be that would be the ideal scenario where you have a surplus, right? And now you can save away more money for you know later years, for leaner years, or potentially to give over to future generations, right? Whether that's to help the next generation up and help your kids buy their first house, get married, first car, whatever those milestones are that you want to help them with, or the generation that comes after that. Uh, ideally, we want to have a surplus. If we don't have a surplus, right, which can happen, maybe we don't have enough money to generate interest and uh, to generate enough to live off of, then we want to make sure that our the negative is a, a sustainable negative, right? That that the outflows that we're the 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 shortfall that we're generating in retirement is one that will last at least through the end of our retirement so that we don't get to that finish line or we don't start getting close to the finish line. And we start looking at our gas tank and going, it's going to hit zero and it's going to get on empty and we're not going to make it, right? That's the, the worst feeling to have when you are getting to empty and there's no way to refill that tank. Exactly. Um, so how do you go about reducing the expenses then? I mean, we've got We've got to pay the mortgage. We've got to pay the rent. We've got to put the kids through school. What do we do to, to get those expenses down so we can get to that surplus you were just talking about? Yeah. So, so there, you, there are two ways to look at this. You can look at it as, I always want to save. I always want to cut it down on those expenses. And you should focus some of your efforts on cutting down those unnecessary expenses. And I talk a lot about things like unnecessary taxation, right? Making sure you're not paying more money than you have to in taxes, uh, making sure that life's unexpected events don't uh, take you by surprise because those, those, those are things that can really shock your system. Um, you also want to make sure, you know, on the smaller things, if there's things that you're constantly paying for that you can pay less for, you can negotiate up front. Uh, those can help you reduce those expenses. But you also got the other side, right? Increasing your revenue. And you shouldn't just look at saving money, but how can you increase the amount of money that you're making? Um, and the two really, really go hand in hand. So should I, um, you mentioned a side hustle. I love that term at the beginning of the program. <laughs> So should I be looking at or should we be looking at getting another income opportunity like maybe working at the uh, the grocery mart or uh, doing something online to generate income? 
Yes. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of side hustles for a number of reasons. <laughs> One, you got the revenue, right? So whether it's you're working, you know, you're working at the grocery store or as Walmart as a greeter, whatever it is that keeps you in contact with people, helps you, you know, generate revenue, gives you maybe some of those uh, side benefits that are really hard to get on your own, like health insurance um, or other expenses, uh, especially as we get older, you know, dental vision, that kind of stuff can really be helpful um, to get through to get through a uh, private insurer and a group insurer. Um, you, so you have that on one side, but then you also have the flip side. If you if you don't go as a W-2 employee and you have a side hustle as a, a self-employed individual, right, where you start your own company and you're, you're filing, you know, either as a self-employed or you get a, an LLC and you got an S-corp. But when you have a business, suddenly the tax code opens up to you and you can start writing things off as business expenses and figuring out how to have business expenses where you would normally have personal expenses. And you got to do this right so it's not tax evasion. But when you do structure, structure it properly, you suddenly have an opportunity to really reduce the amount of taxable income you have while still generating revenue, which is in, incredibly helpful in reducing those unnecessary expenses. Liable, we're talking with Liable Sternbach. So how does this all change or does it, Liable, as we reach retirement? Does budgeting, is it less of a concern as we go into retirement age? It, it is more of a concern. I, I, I find it, yeah, it, it is more. I, I find it funny how in our younger years, we focus on budgeting. Everyone tells us to budget. And it's, you know, you're a teenager, you budget. You're you're in college, you know, you try to figure out how to budget. You get you budget for your first home. But then kind of people forget about to tell you to budget as you're working and you're, you're making income. And it's, oh, well, you're making more than your expenses. So therefore, you can forget about budgeting. No, you can't forget about budgeting. You need a budget then. That's when you need to save your most. Um, but then in retirement, we need to get back into that mindset of that, you know, kid who's, you know, saving up every penny they get for their bicycle or whatever it is that they're saving up for, right? In retirement, we got to hold on to every penny. Uh, it really is that, you know, a penny earned is a penny saved. And we, every penny that we can keep in our pockets and we can keep in our pockets longer and we can figure out how to make it grow into two cents and three cents and five cents and 20 cents will have an impact, not just today or tomorrow, but 10, 20, 30, 40 years into the future. Um, and it's the basis of our financial stability. So we need to relearn those skills that we have long since forgotten. And Make sure we're accounting for everything. Make sure we're looking for every opportunity to increase our revenue, decrease our expenses, and make our money last as long as possible. Libel Sternbach with us this weekend. We're talking about budgeting, and budgeting, as I'm understanding it, is important at every age, no matter where you are. I'm also learning that you need to have multiple streams of income as you reduce your expenses. So are there some tools out there right now that you're aware of, Libel, that can help us in this regard to be even more efficient with regard to managing our money, like a CFO, as you mentioned? There are a lot of apps out there that are specifically designed to help you with budgeting. And my advice to you is go try them all until you find the one that works for you. There, there no two people are alike the way they you think and the way that you view the world is different. And it's not the same as your friend. And your friend may have really great success with one app and you will have success with something completely different. 
So go find and keep looking for the thing that works for you, that when you look at it, it goes, you you say, this is my world. This, this speaks my language. Uh, and if you can't find it out there, then figure out how to make it up, right? I mean, we're not talking about something that's very complex here. It's, it's you got, you got three variables in this equation. You've got assets plus liabilities equals owner's equity. That is the accountant's uh, formula. You need to make those balance out and you just need some way of tracking. What are my assets? What is my revenue? What are my expenses? What are my liabilities? And those two need to equal out because that whatever results from that, that's going to be what you have left over. That's going to be your cash flow. And you want to try to make that number as big as possible. So whether it's having post-it notes on a board, having a spreadsheet that's color-coded, having apps out there, there are ones that will read your receipts automatically for you. Um, one that I found useful was, you know, you, when you get receipts, you take a picture of it and it categorizes it for you. There's ones that will do that automatic automatically for you. Whatever it takes to help you get control of your finances to give you that insight that you need uh, so that you have an understanding of what's the money that's coming in, what's the money that's going out, and what are the levers that I can pull to either increase my revenue or decrease my expenses? And how do I keep an eye on it so that I'm not hit by unexpected and hidden expenses that I wasn't aware were happening? We're just about out of time, Libel, but I've got to get in this question from Miranda. And she was wondering if you could give her a quick tip for cutting the habits of unnecessary spending. We have less than a minute. Can you help us? Real quick, the cutting unnecessary spending, the first question I want to ask is, what is it that makes you think it's unnecessary? Why is it that you are spending this money? Look deep into yourself and ask yourself that question, because oftentimes, we need, we're doing things to make ourselves feel safe, to feel like we are protected. We have a roof over our head, food on our table. In, in answering that question, that will answer for you why you're spending that money. And you may find that it's perfectly valid and it's something you should budget for. Or you may find that you need something else entirely and you're trying to fill a void that you didn't even realize was there. That's Leibel Sternbach. He's the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. I'm Freddie Bell. You can be your own financial officer. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Freddie Bell, and I'm with the Leibel Sternbach. He is the author of the book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. He's been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today. If you read it, he is there. We've been talking about budgeting, and uh, you have some very fundamental things to say about budgeting. Let's recap for those who may have missed a portion of our program. You said it's a matter of income. And, and expenses and the budgeting is for everybody. Help us to understand. Yep. So when when we think about our household, when we think about our life, we need to think about it as a business. And accountants have got this great formula for how they approach everything. Everything 
to an accountant has to balance out. And their formula is assets plus liabilities equals owner's equity. Or in terms of cash flow, it's income minus expenses equals your cash flow. And we want both of those formulas to be positive, right? We want we want to know what our assets are. We want to know what our liabilities are. We want to try to keep those down as much as possible. We want to get our income as high as possible, our expenses as low as possible. And we want to try to have as much cash flow and as much equity as possible because that's how we build true wealth. And so in order to do that, you need to have insight into what money you're making, where is it going, and what is it doing, right? You can't just have your money sitting there because just sitting there is going to lose value. So you want to constantly be be increasing that. And that includes your ability to earn money, right? You want to be able to increase that, especially in your younger years, that's going to compound and you have a much greater time period for that to compound. As we get older, Investing in our career is maybe not the smartest idea because it's not going to compound as longer, but investing in whether it's real estate or the stock market or something that has compounding returns to it, we then have the rest of our life to to um, benefit from that compounding interest. And so we want to take advantage of that as long as possible. And we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of it as much as possible, as long as we can tolerate it. Right. And so we want to make sure that you're budgeting and you're keeping an eye on that because that is how you're going to get that insight to be able to do it and to know where do where can I cut expenses? Where am I spending too much money that I don't need to be spending? Mm-hmm. What are the things that I'm spending that I don't even know I'm spending on? You also mentioned uh, in terms of budgeting that it is a system that really never stops. It's not just for younger people, but it's especially important in retirement. Is that correct? That is a hundred percent correct. You need you need to budget your entire life, um, and, and you need to think about budgeting as something that's just it isn't just money. It's also your time, it's your expertise, it's it's anything that will produce value for you and your your lifestyle. Um, so you want to you want to be budgeting. And you want to use those same skills that you learned as a kid when you were saving up your pennies and trying to figure out how you can scrape by to buy that candy, to buy that first bicycle, to buy that first toy, whatever it was that you, you were, your first goal was, which we all remember what that first thing that we wanted to buy was and the lengths that we went to to save that money and how protective we were of that. We need to do that in retirement. We need to do that throughout our entire life, really. And we need to never give up on that. That is the one of those solid foundational skills that will carry us throughout our entire lifetime. And the more that we the more that we keep it alive, the better we'll be. Leibel Sternbach with us this weekend. And we're just trying to recap. And I, I was just thinking as you were going through that uh, about reducing expenses. I know that uh, I'm not unlike a lot of folks liable that I have a couple of credit cards. Uh, One in particular has a high interest rate. What do you say about as we're trying to figure out this budget uh, conundrum, how do we take care of those credit cards that, that we have? And I know people may have more than the the two that I have in my pocket right now. Yeah. So, so when we look at, when we look at where, when we look at cutting our expenses, when we look at protecting what I call our downside, mm-hmm. um, so things that can take away value from us. So we want to look at 
what are the things that are having the biggest impact and that we can change, uh, we can have the biggest impact on? High interest credit cards are one of those things. The interest that we're paying on credit cards, right? There, it's it's just going to the credit card company. And if we can if we can take some of those high interest credit cards and transfer it to low interest credit cards, we've just saved ourselves ten percent, fifteen, twenty percent of 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 that value that was just going to nowhere, right? Now, on the other hand, if it's a low interest credit card. And you're the money that you put on the credit card you're using to invest in the stock market or you're using to uh, get yourself an education. Those are things that are investing in your future. Those are things that you're now getting a return on your investment. You're not just paying for the benefit of having a credit card. So you want to look at your your expenses and where your money is going and you want to say, what are the things that are costing me? And then what are those things that are costing me a lot? And try to work those down. But you need to constantly be looking at the income side of things as well and be asking yourself the question, is it is the money that I'm saving going to cost me income, right? Is there an opportunity cost to what I'm doing? And it, it's kind of a little bit of a calculus. One thing that's usually easy to say is pay off high interest credit cards. But again, don't do it at the expense of a, a even greater investment returns, right? That doesn't make sense. Uh, so you gotta you gotta think strategically about those decisions that you make. Um, and kind of the rules that I use is first ask yourself, you know, does this take away from my bottom line? Does this take away from my essentials? If I if I pay off this credit card, will it put me at risk of not having a roof over my head, not having food on the table, not being able to enjoy the things that I that I find essential and necessary for my happiness? If do paying off the credit card is going to make me miserable, right? Then it doesn't make sense to pay off the credit card. But if it's not going to make me miserable and I've got the money, okay, then let's look at the next question: What's my upside? in paying off that high interest credit card is the it, until i know the answer to that question it's not necessarily a good decision if the upside is okay well i get rid of a 15 or 20 percent interest rate that i'm paying on let's say ten thousand dollars well that's a decent amount of money to save over a year or over 10 years or however long i carry that interest if it's not a lot of money that i'm going to be saving then maybe my money would be better spent somewhere else and then we got to look at the downside, right? What are the downsides of making that decision? If I take all that money and I paid off my credit card, well, I lose access to that cash. In losing access to that money, will that cost me something? Is there something down the road or in the near future that that, that I will lose the opportunity uh, for that money? Or will it actually, or am I actually making a decision between two things? And one of and one of them is paying off the credit card, and the other one is some other investment or some other opportunity, or maybe just peace of mind, right? And you got to look at what those downsides are and ask yourself: Is it the right? Is it the right decision for me now? And you got to really, you got to look a little bit into your crystal ball for the answer to that. Very um, interesting. I'm, I'm getting this. Yeah. I'm having a visceral reaction to what you're saying, Libel. It, it sounds like a lot of this is emotionally driven as much as anything. That, that is my personal philosophy in life is that in order for us to make sound financial decisions, we need to first make sound emotional decisions. The reasons 
the reasons why finance is so difficult for most people mm-hmm. is that it intrinsically requires us to make these cold logical decisions that go completely against our human nature. All the things that help us survive as human beings, as a species, they, you know, keep us alive in the wild. You know, when everybody is running, you run with them because there's a reason why they're running. Well, in the stock market, if you run with everyone else, you're going to lose out with everyone else. The people who make money are the people who can stand firm and say, well, no, it doesn't make sense to run right now. Right now is actually a really great opportunity to buy. And they act in opposite opposition of everyone else because they're able to think rationally when everyone else is thinking emotionally. So the question becomes us as human beings who are emotionally and physiologically wired for these survival instincts, how do we allow ourselves, create our create for ourselves the ability to be rational and fiscally responsible at the same time? knowing that most of the the time those things are at odds. And I think the only way that we get there is by making sure that no matter what we know on an emotional and physiological level, that our needs will always be protected. Because when we know that we have a roof over our head, when we know that there's food on the table, when we know that the things that make us feel safe are taken care of and not in any way danger, then we can look at everyone running and say, well, it's okay that everyone's running because I know that no matter what happens, I'm protected. And then I can make the rational decision. And I can say, well, does it make sense for me to get out of my investment? Does it make sense? Maybe there's an opportunity here. And it becomes unemotional because your livelihood, your, your ability to survive isn't tied up in that decision. And I think that that is really I think that's critically important that until we address what that is, and I think it's unique and different for every person, what the answer is to that question of what makes me feel safe, right? Until you know the answer to that question and until you protect that, everything else is just uh, is, is just theory and it'll never work for you, right? Interesting. You know, make, it makes me think about uh, your response to Miranda and her question earlier about how do you... Uh, curtail unnecessary spending. But it seems as if uh, a lot of people do impulse buying. Does that tie into it too, uh, getting your emotions under control so that the impulse buying comes under your control as well? That And does that, how does that play into your happiness? I know that's a convoluted question, but I'm just thinking about the emotional aspect. If you're not happy, then you said it doesn't make sense to do it. How do you explain or how do you, how do you rein in the impulses when it relates to your finances. Yep. So there are two, there are multiple approaches to this problem. Um, And I'm going to give you a few different answers to this question, but they're fundamentally, they're all the same, right? Now, I do not want to take away from the fact that there are, there are people who, who do, who spend a lot more than they should. And that there are, there are, possibly very that there may be need there may be reasons to go to therapy and there may be you know the the reasons of why you're impulse shopping may not be answered by a podcast you may need to take a really hard look at why you're impulse shopping so don't take this as you know uh i'm not dr phil and this is not psychological advice okay um we've got what i will 
<laughs> what I will say is that look at when you're when you're making those impulse purchases, number one, be aware that you're making the impulse purchase. Ask yourself why you're doing that. And then and then ask yourself, right? The question may be, okay, is it impulse buying maybe something that makes you happy, right? I mean, I I, I grew up very poor. Being able to go onto the checkout line and not look at the price of what I'm buying and just be able to pick anything off the rack makes me happy. It's something that that I find fulfilling to do, and I don't want to have to consider that. But at the same time, I can't do that with everything because I'll run out of money. So I can put limits on how much I impulse spend. You know, so whether it's setting a budget and saying, "Well, okay, you know what." I'll, I have $1,000 of plain money that I can do on impulse uh, purchases. And that works for me. What works for you may be something different um, in terms of that impulse buying, or you may have to you know, look at it and say, find a way to be okay with that impulse buying, because as soon as you are okay with it and you find a way to either make more money or make it an, an okay part of your budget, you will find that the reasons that you're impulse buying will go away. Libel, we got to leave it right there. You're listening to Libel on Fire, and we'll be back again next week with more great information for you. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.